Hello, friends. Jim Nance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> got a chance. Yes. He's done it! Whoa! In your life! I don't know how you get much better than this. Heartbeat just went up 50 notches there, I think. Struck it nicely. Jacket is going north of the border. Celebration now. They've saved it for the perfect stage. Wow, that was loud. Still is. Welcome inside episode two of the Pelt Pod. We take a look at life in lockdown, recap a Stewart Sink family win, talk PGA Tour team events, make picks for the Zurich, check in on our Canadians and get an inside look at a project that's taken on a life of its own. It's episode two, and it starts right now. Jamie Wilson, Ben Whiteside, Jacob Bishop coming to you live, episode two of the Pelt Pod. And it starts this week with some tough news. If um, you are from a different planet, um, it was announced 48 hours ago here in Ontario. We're the only place in the continent to have no golf. So we're going to start with that. It's a golf shutdown. Just first reactions, Jacob. Let's start with you. Welcome to week two. How are you dealing with this? You know, like anybody right now, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been tough. You know, you expected to go on the on Saturday, Sunday, and have your annual little games with your boys, and it's been a shock to to the golfing world here in Ontario. I know we've seen it on Twitter, we've seen it across uh, across Canada, and even trickling down to the U.S. The support that uh, that they're giving us to kind of you know fight back, kind of against uh, against the decision to shut down golf and and what that means to to mental health and getting outside and. Yeah, it's 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 tough news for the for the golf industry as a whole economically and and yeah. How, how about you, Jamie? How are you holding up there down in uh, in Dundas, Ontario, over the weekend? Uh, yeah, similar uh, thoughts on my end. Yeah, we all kind of sound depressed here. This is uh, this is a sad time. Um, not to overreact, but yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, obviously, it was it was pretty. Uh, imminent i mean that we got the news and it was the next day even if you had a a, a game planned for the weekend you were kind of sol there but like you said we've seen uh a bunch of stuff on twitter kind of with with people's viewpoints i'm sure everyone listening here has a similar viewpoint that we have and obviously there's a lot of politics that that go into this as well i saw even on uh on Instagram, uh, Golf North put out a letter to the Ford government, basically, I mean, thanking them for everything they're trying to do with the whole COVID crisis. Not easy on anyone. They're also saying no COVID cases are known from, from golf itself. So why can't we continue to, to do this? What are your thoughts, Ben? It's crazy. It almost seems too early to jump in and, and jump to a conclusion because there's real problems happening. At the end of the day, cases are going up. We're, we're, not, a, we're not a COVID show, so we won't dive in com- completely down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> I don't know. I hope we get out of it soon. There's rumblings maybe in the next couple of weeks. We know that we're going to be um, shut down until mid-May. We can rest knowing that Bish, you got to play a few times before we got locked down. So there's a positive. Yeah, absolutely. We, we did get to play a couple times here in, here in Ontario. Um, beforehand, some of the golf courses were open. It's, it's great, but uh, trickling down just to, the, I mean, it's tough because here in Ontario, we've got a lot of golf courses and we've got a lot of private clubs. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, 
public golf courses that are great facilities like Coketown Woods, but then you got your mom and pop shops and that's, you know, family owned golf courses that are, you know, that's, that's what they survive on. Jamie saw, he mentioned earlier about Golf North giving a little bit of a pushback. Um, as far as I'm, I'm sure we all saw t- today, the, the letter tweeted out by Golf Canada. I mean, that's showing, you know, that's, that's, that's our, the CPGA, that's, that's our biggest, the biggest thing here in Ontario and Canada. So it's great to have that support from them, but you see it down in Samuel golf club in, in Niagara and you saw a video put out by them and what that means to them as a family owned business. And, um, it's tough to see because, because economically the decision in my mind wasn't to shut down golf courses. We, we look back in 2020 and no cases were traced back to it. And sure, you're going to have the, the people, and we're not a politics show here, boys, but we're going to have those people who don't play golf and saying, why should golf courses be open? Well, mm. if you want to throw in more stricter measures, sure, why not? But the answer wasn't to shut down golf courses. There was some way that that we could take a hybrid approach to, sure, if you want it to be only the same householder or you're only allowed to golf at a golf course, the same same people. Mm-hmm. one person per car, car there's there's ways to get around it but it, the answer wasn't to shut down golf courses and i think there was a big argument um jamie you can piggyback on this too because this was all over twitter over 20 million rounds played in ontario last year and there was not a clear trace back to golf for any covid cases so that even seems extreme but if that stat holds up man that makes it hard to think that this is the right decision that's the only tough part that stood out to me yeah no doubt we can't please everyone with this decision but most people listening here obviously on our are on our side of things but like bish said i mean stricter guidelines let's let's make it work one way or another that's ultimately my viewpoint where is where's the hope in all this how do you stay how do you keep it fun how do you keep the positivity everyone's bit by the golf bug how does everyone stay excited over the next few weeks bish what do you do now what are you doing to stay keep the game fun and what are you engaging in what am I currently doing or what should I be doing? Because there's two different things here. So, I mean, I mean, we'll throw the elephant out. We're currently building here at the, the, the Pelt Pod. Uh, we're, we're building a putting green right now, 30 foot by 15 foot putting green in the back of uh, back of the yard. So that's taking up a lot of time right now. It's going to take a couple of weeks to get the fine, t- fine tuning. But if we're going to spend a little bit more time at home, we might as well spend a little bit more time at home golfing. You know, that's what we're all about here. You know, grow the game, have fun. You know, it's just... Just keep getting better. Just to just to recap, you to cope with all this, you've built a putting green in your We're backyard. we're on the process. We've done all the the ex, we've done a little bit of the excavation, a <laughs> little bit of the the drainage, and I had to put some you know big O and some four inch tile in a couple of drainage basins. But uh, but we're good on that end. But and, you know for for everybody else that's out there, the people that are listening to us right now is how do you keep your game sharp? That's a great question. Um, it, it becomes being a little bit more creative at home. You you know can you London Hunt today tweeted out about uh, picking up the the perfect uh, putting mat. Pick up a perfect putting mat, roll some putts, do a little bit of mirror work. If you don't have the luxury of hitting golf balls in a net at home, you don't want to spend that money to, to buy a golf net and do that in your backyard. There's little things you can do, whether it's buying a stretchy band and working on your body and giving yourself a little bit more flexibility to get yourself. Because this is the beginning of the golf season here in, in Ontario and, and in Canada. So whether it's getting your body a little bit ready or working on some fine tuning of, of your of your putting, or doing a little bit of mirror work to making sure you're, you know, that first position on the way back is is in the right spot there's lots of things that you can do to make sure that when you're out you know may 20th when that gets supposedly being lifted as you know that's the date we know of now you got to be working on your game because you want to be snaking a little bit of money off your boys on that saturday morning 
What have I been up to? Not a whole lot. J James has been absolutely killing I've, the short yeah, I've been, course. I've been a short course, short course wizard at, uh -huh. uh, at Hamilton. There's six holes on the one side. They're all replica holes of Harry Colt designs. So cool. Um, who's the architect? I mean, most of his work is done in England and the UK. Mm. Uh, and then we have three other holes that have been there since I was a kid. That's basically what we've got right now. So I, w I managed to sneak out there a couple of times. I haven't hit any balls or anything for those in the same boat as me i would say more just focus on if you have a, a spot to kind of hit some putts maybe a few chips like bish said uh get some get some flexibility some stretching going uh the reality is we're early in the season here so i mean we got to do everything we can early to make for the best possible season and coming off an unexpected weekend, cool story coming out of RBC Heritage, Stuart Sink winning, it's a family win, tan line on national television getting exposed, a <laughs> lot of storylines. Yeah, really impressive stuff from uh, Stuart Sink. As everyone knows, his son was on the bag, which is a really cool story, like you mentioned. Sink's been playing well, though. I mean, he came off a T12 at the Masters, so he is in recent form. He did win back in October or November, I believe. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a resurgence. What did you guys think of him and his son, all the back and forth they had between the, the player-caddy combo? Like, to me, it seemed like a lot, <laughs> it and it, a it lot. stressed me out just watching. I thought it was built for primetime TV, you, though, but it was kind of cringe at times. For the viewers watching who don't like Jordan Spieth for how much banter he has, I don't know what they thought about Stewie. I'd love for somebody to comment uh, on that Twitter account uh, on one of our posts on what you thought about the banter but uh if, if you don't like jordan you definitely weren't a big fan of the banter back and forth it there was a lot of it <laughs> like they are so similar in that way you got to understand too that's a big stage to be on and you're excited and don't, you know it's it's your dad too you, you it's know your dad you're you're going back and forth with them and the part that i liked about it is he he was just trying to keep him, you know, in the moment. And I liked, I appreciated that part of it. It was some cool banter back and forth, but it was a bit much. The, the tough thing for me was watching kind of the celebration and they're, you know, embracing it. They had all their family there and everything. And it, his son's so immersed. I think he had like two of his friends down there. And they, even they, they said it on air. And I was like, go get the flag. Go get the flag off the pin. <laughs> I was like, why aren't you doing that? Like, that's, I, I was hoping he went and grabbed the pin. And I think one of the guys said, you know, have your dad autograph and throw it on the wall. Like, that. that's something to me that mm -hmm. was just yelling at him. But the most disappointing thing about the week for me was I picked Stewie Sink in my one golf pool I'm in. It's an off week for the golf pool. I mean, I had trust <laughs> in this guy from the beginning of the year. You know, he's played well and his game's shaping back up. You know, he doesn't, he wins in the 90s. He wins in the 2000s. He doesn't win in 2000, and the, 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 the 10 years of 2010 to 2020. And he has two wins since. So three of the last four decades, he's got a win. But obviously we remember his last iconic win at, uh, at the Open Championship against, you know, Tom Watson. It might be one of the most forgotten majors with Sink winning. I don't think anyone wanted him to win that day. No, I, don't think I, don't. He, I think he Which was, he, he apologized. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's, he's such a nice, like, humble guy too, right? It's mm -hmm. just that everyone wanted Watson to win that. Yeah, um, he, he's a, he's such an ambassador for the game. You're right. He he is one of those guys that, you know, we we grew up watching. I mean, this is 
right when we started golf, Stuart Sink was on the scene and, and here he is and we're here just, you know, we're recording a podcast and, and still talking about it. So mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, it, it was real cool to see Stuart, you know, go wire to wire this week and, and, and take down, uh, take down the second win of, uh, of the year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, what do you think about Ryder cup chances with two wins now for, for Sink in the bag? Does he have another Ryder cup in him? Does he become a part of that conversation? I think he ha- he has to be considered. I mean, because I mean, you look at all the experience he has. Um, like that's 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 something that the American team has has kind of lacked in the past. He like, or sorry, I was looking at the, um, the the U.S. team today actually, and they've changed the selection process. They actually only take six automatics, and then six captains picks. So if you're Steve Stricker, I imagine they're pretty good buddies. They've played on those teams before. How do you not consider him? Plus, if he if he stays hot and throws in a few more top tens, I mean, I, I'm taking him for sure. What do you guys think? I think he's for sure on the radar with all of the firepower and with the summer still to come. It's going to be interesting to see if a 47-year-old hangs in the that conversation. But right now, he's at the center of it. And Jamie, it's kind of a crazy storyline to begin with, a 47-year-old winning. Does that happen just because it's at, I don't want to call it a quirky course, Bish. I know you were just talking about Harbortown, but it's not a typical golf course you'd see on the PGA Tour. Does a 47-year-old winning at Harbortown happen because it's a unique situation? Or can a, somebody like that, somebody like Phil, one of the older guys that you see on the tour, can they win anywhere? Or does it take a unique situation like uh, this week for it to happen? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Sink has clearly been playing well, so he was in good form coming in. Uh, Harbortown is a shorter golf course, but Sink's not necessarily a shorter hitter by any means. He can still poke it out there with some of the young bucks. So, I mean, I don't want to sit on the fence too much on your question, but I think Harbortown, it, it can kind of happen where someone just gets hot um, and then they're, they're ahead of the field for the entirety of the tournament. He was 63-63 on the first two days. He could have shot even par the last two and still still been ahead of the field. So I think he really just put himself in that position and everyone was just chasing from there on out. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw a tweet and uh, from one of the golf journalists. And on Saturday, Sunday, he finished T26 with the guys who made the cut. And... One thing I noticed, obviously, Harbor Towns, a, it's a great golf course. It's one of those iconic golf courses. It's a great, great event to watch. You see all the boats coming in and just builds this big community, right? Everyone wants to be a part of the event. Um, but the one thing about, about, uh, about the weekend there um, and him finishing T26, he really, you know, that sh- goes to show you, you play great golf on, on Thursday, Friday. It really puts you in a great spot to win on, uh, on the weekend. But the rough there is not long. It's not penile at all. So you take a look at Stewie Sink. He hits it, you know, relatively far, far on the PGA Tour, but he doesn't necessarily hit it that straight. He's 124th on the PGA Tour for driving accuracy. So the cover- that guy, yeah, the, the the coverage that I that I saw on uh, on Sunday, he he didn't hit a lot of fairways uh, on coming down the stretch, but it wasn't that penile. So he kind of just. 
he, he did what he had to do coming down the stretch to win a golf tournament. And that's, you know, if it, Jamie, Jamie taught me when we were young, if you got two, you take two. If you got two, <laughs> if, if you got, if you got two putts to win a tournament, why are you going to try to make it, make it in one? So lag it up there cl- close. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the golf course though. It is kind of a, it's, it's not an, an A plus event on the PGA tour where you've got a really depth field. It's an RBC event. So it's going to draw on a lot of good players, but at the same time, it's not a penal golf course in terms of missing fairways. So it, it's great to see him win, but it really, you know, favors a long ball hitter. And you look at him and, and I'm looking at his stats right here. He's 20, for an old, old guy. He's 26 on the PGA tour and driving distance this year. So that just goes to show you that, you know, a little bit of, you know, hitting it long and, and make not, a living. And not that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, wait, you think Harbortown favors a long ball hitter? No, d- definitely not. Cause a shot makers golf course, but you can miss fairways there and it, and the okay, fairways gotcha, are, are gotcha. quite, the fairways are quite, you know, narrow in, in some sorts and wide in, on, on other fairways. But if you miss the fairway, it's not that penile. Like you, you're seeing more than half yep. the golf ball over to, you know, it's not sitting down in the rough. So you miss yeah. a fairway. You're the like, the only thing. Yeah. The only thing I would say is you kind of got to like, be a shot maker like you said when you you miss those fairways so you got to be able to hit a you got to be able to work the ball both ways you got to be able to hit the the punch shots when they're when they're called for that's Mm -hmm. yeah but when you miss a fairway it's always what lie do i have which is gonna you know your lie determines what type of shot that you're gonna hit oh there you miss a fairway you have more shots than, that are available to you because you can hit more of the back of the ball. So you want to hit low, you can hit low. You want to hit high, you can get high because you can get under the golf ball. So that's, it's, it's a different golf course. That's, that's my, that's my thoughts on it. Definitely. Uh, just one last thing I would say is like Stuart Sink, like his game doesn't really wow you in, in one particular aspect. It's just kind of generally solid throughout. So he was always kind of able to, uh, get the up and down or whatever it might be when it, when he, when it called for it. It's funny you say that because we were seeing Stewie sink FedEx cup points. He is on the podium sitting in third place right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah. He's an A-lister yeah. for the minute. Yeah. So if that doesn't put you in Ryder cup conversation, I don't know what you got to do. Yeah, He is the conversation for, right now. For sure. He is for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was like 24th on the points list, but trending, right? You got to take the guys that are playing well. Take a look at last week, some of the picks that were made. RBC, Harbortown, there were three picks made. All three finished in the top 20. Jacob Bishop went with Cooch, who was T18th, who he tied with fellow Pelt Pod member Jamie Wilson, who went with Abe Answer, also T18th, and Webb Simpson, sneaking inside the top 10. Yeah. The T9th. <laughs> and I will gladly claim the insider of the week. Uh, I don't expect that. I don't expect to hold that title for very long, but Webb, getting her done. All I got to say, Benny, is I can't see uh, holding down top spot in the insider picks uh, for this coming week. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I can't see Benny on the top of the leaderboard again next week. You know, I, I think I'm pretty knowledgeable at making picks, but Jamie also, you know, our, our group of friends back home, I call Jamie the Schwab. He can't stump the Schwab, so I expect Jamie to be <laughs> on the podium quite often here on the Pelt Pod for all you listeners. But uh, but yeah, Benny, enjoy the top while it lasts. I'll be in the lab grinding, don't <laughs> yeah, worry. Because there could be some erosion coming pretty soon. <laughs> 
some <clears throat> Canadian performances. Corey Connors, Matt Hughes. I think this just goes to show you again, and I, we just mentioned it earlier, and Jamie made sure of it, that, uh, that Harbour Town is a shot maker's golf course. It is ball striking, right? You know, there, there's a lot of water out there, and there is some trouble. If you if you <clears throat> if you miss fairways, like I said, it's not as penile. But again, we're seeing a you know we talked about it last week on the pod. All all three of us, Corey Connors is a ball striker. He is ball striking tee to green. Is is you know extremely well and then he finishes t4 this week you know he was uh he had the the outri- outright clubhouse lead through two rounds when he finished on uh, on saturday sorry friday friday morning there and uh again we're seeing two canadians make the cut here this week week two pal pod damned if you do damned if you don't this week we're taking the pga tour perspective team events on the pga tour obviously zurich this week it's the only team event on the pga tour schedule Vish, what do you think team events if i'm going to take the pga tour's perspective the pga tour's perspective is how do we get the most excitement around the game but at the same time generating the most revenue and that's what it is it's a business at the end of the day and they want to make money it's it's how do we get the fans and the players equally excited about events i don't think that they have uh, i mean it's great i love the zurich classic i love the team event i think it's a great change on the schedule um but I don't think they're right now. There's not enough excitement around this event. A team event, a two-player event, there needs to be more excitement that really gets you up, you know, excited for the week. Like, I mean, I get pretty excited about the Dell match play. I think it's a different week on the PGA Tour match play. Something that's different. You got to fill out a bracket. I think there needs to. There, there's something missing. I don't personally know the answer. Thank goodness that's not my job. I don't. It's not my job to find out. But there's a. There is a. I believe a, a different format to get the to get the fans excited about this week, and um, I don't know what that is. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? I see it from both sides. I mean, I, I like what they're trying to do because they're trying to implement something different. Yeah, but I'm with you. I'm just not sure this is the answer. I, I just can kind of be seen. Yeah, go ahead. I just don't know about changing the format from round to round. Going from better ball to alternate shot to better ball to alternate shot. I just don't know if that's the answer. I think that there's so many different ways that you can have a two-man team event play each other through. Like, if you think about, like, a guy's golf trip, like, there's nothing better than playing with your partner, match play, and just, like... In, like, a mini Ryder Cup thing. Yeah, exactly. And and trying to get inside the other players' heads that you're playing, it's... There's nothing better than that. When you're a two-man out there yeah. and you're playing in the entire field, I just don't, like, personally... feels like it lacks intensity, yeah, maybe a, a, the sense of rivalry that is there every week when it's stroke play, it's gladiator You're style. grinding. Yeah. I, I just don't know 100%, if... 100%, yeah. I, I just don't know if the grind is there when you're, when you're two players and you're playing the entire field. I just think that there's a different way to bring it, the intensity to the, to the tournament. And when you bring intensity... That gets the fans like involved. And when, why when, don't the fans care right now? Why aren't they super excited about the Zurich? I, th- I think if you dumb it down, it's just the format, Jamie. Well, uh, I think it's I think it's the field. I mean, I was looking through mm. the field list today and the the teams. I mean, there's a few decent names, but overall, it, this is an off week for for a lot of the guys. This is where they can take a breather. They don't they don't see it as something that really excites them. So when the players aren't excited, how are the fans going to kind of be excited as well? That's kind of my stance. Like, sure, there's some good players. You have Rom and 
Ryan Palmer as a team, but those are your favorites. And with all due respect to those guys, I mean, Rom is obviously a top top three player in the world, but when one of your marquee teams has Ryan Palmer, I mean, that's that's a tough draw for the the casual golf fan. To get great players at, a, at an event, you need to have a format and the excitement around the event that they want to play in. And right now that lacks. But there's a, yeah, yeah. So, there's so, a so I would agree with Jamie. Doing something that's, that's different, but then you can't do something that's like totally gimmicky either. For sure. Like you can't, you can't have something where it's like, or like how far is too far? Like, do you have some sort of event where it's like, if, if it's a team event, does one guy get like his odd clubs and the other guy get his even clubs or is that too much? You know what I mean? Like how do you definitely make something too much. different without, yeah, I know I, I agree, but how do you make something different without crossing that line? Exactly. And I think that's what they struggle with. And, and it, I mean, it's a tough decision. It's a huge business decision by the PGA tour of even having a two man event. But I think what they're struggling is how do they make it exciting? Because something that's exciting, that's drawing in fans is going to draw on the players at the end of the day. That's my perspective on it. And if, if there's something that's exciting for them to play for, maybe it's a bigger purse. Maybe it's an exemption into a certain tournament. I don't, I don't know what that answer is, but if you make the event more exciting, that has more, and enticing for more, guys to play. more enticing and, and where you can, you know, you and your partner can, can really go out there and grind and battle and, and it means something on the line. Maybe there's more Ryder cup points. Maybe there's more president cup points. I don't know what the answer is. I'm throwing paint at yeah. the wall, but if you make something more exciting, no, those are good. Those it, are good. It, good it, ideas for sure. It draws a better field. Mm-hmm. If it draws a better field, it creates more fan interaction. And I think that's what we're all after is how do you make this week on the schedule just more interacting for us to get excited, excited about from this side? Because right now it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're questioning. Oh, it's Thursday. What, what format are, are they playing? Oh, it, it, it's just tough to follow. I find, and if it's tough to follow, you just don't get the fan interaction like that. What they're looking for—that's my perspective. Yeah, and because it's not traditional, like the average fan has no idea what's going on. The average fan will look at the leaderboard, and it it just raises so many questions that it it just becomes so confusing. Um, just as a side note, too, I don't know if this is still um, a part of the rule or a part of the tournament, but when they're offering the sponsors exemptions um the one example i think of is when brooks kepka played with his brother chase kepka um had they won that tournament his brother who has no status on the pga tour is going to get a two-year exemption like i don't know i just kind of have a problem with that that aspect of it so there's got to be some sort of criteria in place um to kind of monitor certain things like that can this be done in the future? Do you think it can be done soon? Like, could you see more than one um, team event on the PGA Tour schedule even for 2022, Bish? So I'm a firm believer if they created this event and made this a better event, which drew in some better teams and some better players, and it became an overall better event, I think there's more spots in the schedule where you can have two men, two, two men events. And a a team event i don't think that there's i'm gonna say three events on the schedule for for a team event like this i think there could be there could be two definitely but i think it always starts with one and and creating 
a first really good top-notch event that draws in great players and that gets some excitement around it. I mean, you take it at an event at uh, TPC Scottsdale in Arizona where they take the 16th hole and they create, you know, just this drama. And there's drama around a par three, which just creates excitement and buzz about the event. And there's nothing with a two-man event at the Zurich Classic that creates that much that much buzz. So it's about getting some buzz and getting some conversation about the event first. And we just lack that right now. And if you lack that, you're going to lack excitement. You're going to lack um, drawing players to the event and revenue dollars at the end of the day. So I think it starts off with just getting this event on the right page. And then that leads to more events on the schedule where you can maybe introduce a two-man event. To me, it's kind of just like, it's an after the season kind of thing. Like, you know how Greg Norman hosts the one in Naples? Mm -hmm. Like, to me, it, to me, it just doesn't belong on the traditional PGA Tour schedule. Like, like Greg Norman still gets a great field, obviously, because he's the ambassador of that event. Um, and it's still televised and everything, but it's not for FedEx Cup points. To me, that's what it is. That's just what it comes down to. Okay, looking at picks for Peltpot Episode 2, Zurich Classic coming off uh, our Week 1, which our three picks landed inside the top 20. Zurich Classic team event, Jacob Bishop, who do you have? Who are you feeling good about? Well, you know what? I actually feel like we're throwing to the wolves this week because we're making expert picks. That we're live on the air. we got to pick two players to play well this week. So I think that's pretty difficult to do. Um, I think we're all pretty knowledgeable in the game, though. I'm excited to hear what Jamie's got for his pick. Can't stump the Schwab. Jamie Wilson can't stump the Schwab. But, uh, you know, this week, I just looked at the, the, the field this week, and I, I just happened to see Bubba and Scotty Scheffler's name, and I just couldn't take my eyes off that pairing. So I got Bubba and Scotty. Uh, Scotty's really hunting down, trying to get a win out there on the PGA Tour, and I think he does it with Bubba this week. So I've got, I've got uh, Scotty Scheffler and Bubba Watson. Jamie Wilson, you are in the hunt, um, and there's a lot of chat about you really needing um, the Insider of the Week award. So you've got your team picked out. Who are they? Who do you feel good about? That's a lot of pressure. But, uh, yeah, similar to Bishop, I was looking through the field um, at, the, at the pairings for the week, and a lot of random teams mixed in there, like some guys you wouldn't expect to see together. But uh, I'm going to roll with two Georgia Bulldogs. Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk. I feel like these two guys are kind of always in play. Um, and in a team game, I mean, you got to have your partner in play. I can't tell you how many times I've uh, paired up with Bishop and I've been hitting from the weeds uh, hole Ext. after hole. So, just yeah, I'm going to keep, uh, keep I've shared that going. experience too. Keep going, uh, Todd and Kirk, and uh, we'll go from there. Benny, what, who do you got this week? I'm going with Team Aussie, a young man who has arguably the best mullet in America right now. The other, who is on a bit of a low-key streak himself, playing uh, really well. That's Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith. Uh, I'm going Team Aussie. Cam Smith and Mark Leishman all the way. You know, I, th I like that pick for you because laid-back guy, uh, you're just like a Cam Smith bringing his fishing rod to the golf course. Ask the boys if they want to go toss a quick line and grab a fish. <laughs> Did you happen to see the picture on Twitter this week of of, uh, of the the lookalikes of, of what would other the pros look like with Cameron Smith's mullet? They got a picture of Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kupka, and Jordan Spieth with the muzzy and mullet of Cameron Smith. Now we've got this up on the board right now. Like who who's your pick? Who who can suit the muzzy and mullet of Cameron Smith better? Jordan Spieth. 
I'm, it's <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the Jordan Spieth picture with the the muzzy and the mullet looks like he just changed my motor oil in my vehicle. Like he looks like he is the most senior driver at UPS Canada, uh, and he's won the golf tournament, the staff golf tournament, the last seven years running. Picks are in for Zura Classic. We've gotten through episode two of the Pelt Pod. We're looking forward to week three. We hope we can uh, bring a little bit better news every week we come back on. We got through the lockdown. We got through RBC Heritage. We got through some of the stuff that everyone's going to be looking at over the next few weeks while we're at home. We got picks locked in. Bish, what are your thoughts going into the weekend? Well, I hope we get through this lockdown a little bit earlier than what they're saying, May 20th. And I think we've got the support here from the the, the big guys here and, and involved in the golf industry from uh, the PGA of Canada. Uh, we've got the the golf uh, golf courses like Golf North and that corporation all coming together to to write letters to the premier all the way down to to that uh, to the golf course owners and, and the family-owned golf courses um, coming out to, to battle and, and say that golf cor- golf courses here in Ontario shouldn't be shut down. So really, I hope next week when, when we're all you know together again and uh, speaking on the podcast, we, uh, you know, we've got better news that, uh, that there's some some new news in sight of, of golf you know golf opening here in ontario you know uh, we, we've heard rumblings here from the pelt pod uh, from the insider that uh, that we could be seeing a may 1st uh, opening for golf in ontario but but we don't know that yet this is all speculation from from our insiders here. all from your underworld sources that you will not reveal yeah we, you know we're not going to reveal those sources but uh but for those listening we, we do hear rumblings of may 1st and you hear is, everything you know it's uh it's 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 a privilege it's not a right but uh if it happens to be so may 1st we're we're pretty excited for that so um i do hope we bring better news jamie what are your thoughts about uh about what's what's coming up in the next few weeks yeah well said there um i'm i'm with you here's hoping that we can get get back on the courses if it is may 1st then that's a bonus i think a lot of us forget that last year i think it was may 20th was when we were finally able to get out on the courses till then i'm gonna sit back and enjoy some zurich classic this week and report back on some putting mat stats that you're gonna commit some time to (laughs) for sure my strokes gain putting is definitely going to be in the plus category from from the bottom of jamie stairs in his basement if you're putting from there to the back wall it breaks real hard left to right so he's gonna be working on some left to riders we we've we've had a couple putt offs in the basement so um you know that putt really well yeah exactly it breaks a little left right quick the last half of that putt's quick eh, willie oh yeah they're they're rolling about 12 right now well that's what we're hoping we're getting the green in the backyard to be rolling so you know we're really looking forward to the end of the lockdown as much as everybody else listening is and and um, we're we're looking forward to having a, a, a nice event here and uh, at the uh, at the putting green and be able to have some beers and have a couple burgers together and just you know to chit chat on the on the on the back pad and uh, and roll some putts in. And you're going to keep us updated, obviously weekly on the updates with the putting green, as it started. The shovels in the ground and drainage is done. Excavations being worked on, and we just got to get a couple boys over to uh, to roll some uh, roll the basin. That's the most important thing into uh, into an artificial turf green. So we're looking forward. It's going to be you know what uh, to bring golf to your own backyard. It's going to be something pretty cool, and you know I really hope we can. just you know you always dream about having the boys over and, and, and having some beers and having an annual event so masters every year tv on the back patio 
beers. Some little side bets. Any little side bets. You know, last year I can't, you know, I, I can't even recall how many dollars were gambled in just playing cornhole with Wilson, with Freeman, <laughs> with Garen, and, and myself, a couple of our boys here on, on the on the Pelt Pod, just gambling purely on, on cornhole. So the, the real purpose about this this putting green is, I mean, it's multifaceted. Yeah, you're gonna it's work a on, revenue generator. Yeah, yes, exactly. So I'm I'm hoping I can fund this entire green just based on gambling winnings back. But if I'm gonna bet on a short game. Wilson's got a pretty damn good short game, so <laughs> I, I and I, I think he's gonna have a better round two in my backyard because I did snake a shitload of money off him from uh, from cornhole. So he's better bring a good little short game to the backyard to win some toonies back off me because it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's good. Win my money back a toonie at a time. Uh, exactly. So yeah, it's you know the, the whole green bill. It, it's not just about me working on my game and putting. It's it's when you're having the boys over, right? And you want to be hitting shots down and and tossing you know two. Toonies, toonies on the line every shot. You know, you know, probably a hundred shots. So, two hundred bucks on the night. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. Hopefully, your short game's hot. So, it's I'm really trying to work right now and just get in the back, the back wall built up because I want it. I want the back wall to be a little higher than the so the back of the green is a little higher than the front of the green. So you can have a couple of nippers in there. You got mm-hmm. 15 feet in, in depth of the green, 30 feet wide just based on how it's positioned in the backyard. So, it's still to to be able to land one and nip it. And stop within 15 feet it's a pretty good shot so it's going to be rewarded to the guy who's got the best short game so bring your tunies boys thanks for listening to episode two of the pelt pod by beaver pelt golf follow us on instagram and twitter at pelt pod and reach out to let us know what you think see you next week for episode three